So the first question I got was, any tips for traveling with a guy on vacation? I'm worried about having to go to the washroom. As a woman with a lot of discharge, what do you recommend to keep the kitty clean? I have really bad acne and I'm really insecure about it. Any tips or advice? What do you think about plastic surgery? I mean, this is something people attack me all the time for. Have you ever had a slave before? What was your first teenage job? Have you ever had a threesome? How much do social creators make? Hey guys, welcome back to the X podcast. I'm your girl Alessia. Every single Monday, the podcast about everything and absolutely nothing. Before I start this episode, I need all of my exes to go and subscribe to my channel, like, follow, subscribe. I also post shorter clips on Snapchat, the best scenes. So if you don't have time to watch the full episode, head on to Snapchat and follow me there. So... I actually got ditched today. I was supposed to do an episode with a a pay pig because you guys always ask me for a pay pig. There were so many pay pigs that reached out. And here we are today, pay pigless. This is the problem with pay pigs, okay? They are, I guess, when they're in their fantasy, when they're horny, they're like, yeah, goddess, I'm going to come on. Oh, my God, yes, perfect. And then when they get out of that state of mind... They realize they agree to something that they they don't actually want or they don't want to show their face or they're shy. A lot of these pay pigs are super, super shy and and like embarrassed. So how do I get them to agree? They're like, can you write a contract saying that you promise to not show my face? I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll I'll blanket out the whole episode. Not to worry. I just want you know, people to get the episode that they really want. And I have so many questions. So this would be a great episode. Got this mask and I was like, whichever pay pig wants to come on, they don't have to show their face because they don't want to anyways. So I ordered this mask on Amazon. No, you guys, I'm freaking dying. I'm ruining all my makeup right now. Are you dying? I was like, if a pay pig comes on the podcast, they can just wear this mask and no worries. They'll stay unknown and I can change the voice. So we're Gucci. Anyway, that didn't work out because the pay pig canceled, but it would have been fun. And honestly, the pay pig that canceled better fucking pay for this mask because I ordered it prime from Amazon. Thirty dollars. And I don't want to pay for this now. So um, pay pigs, if you're going to reach out to me and want to come on the podcast, you better be fucking serious about it and not play with me because I have no time for this. This episode, I was going to answer some of your questions that I've been asked from my personal page to my podcast page. And I feel like a lot of people also DM me and ask me questions. So I pulled up some of those and we are going to make an episode out of this. I promise you guys. It's not going to be the pay pig episode, but it will not be boring because the questions today are pretty fire, honestly. And uh, I have a lot of tips and tricks for you guys this episode. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be flirty. We're going to have fun. Also, like, guys, I don't know if this is just me, but like, I love matching my bra to my set. So I'm wearing a navy bra with a navy set because I'm feeling myself. Um, Okay, let's get started.
before I give a strip tease. Like, I don't know. So the first question I got was, any tips for traveling with a guy on vacation? I'm worried about having to go to the washroom. Girl, I got you. I got you. Okay, so... It's funny that she thought I would be able to answer this. She's like, bitch, you travel with men. <laughs> you could answer this. Have you guys ever seen that meme? It always makes me die. I think the meme is something like, I'm going on vacation with my man. Can someone please give me any tips to not poo for seven days? <laughs> the accuracy. I feel like when you're traveling with a guy that you've never traveled with before and you're in a hotel room and you're sharing a bathroom... It's it's always a tricky situation because obviously as women, we're kind of shy and like we're not just going to go to the bathroom. And I feel like some guys, too. It really depends. But um, I have a few tips and tricks that could definitely help you to avoid that whole situation, especially at the beginning. You know, when you're not comfortable with someone, you're not just going to like I don't know where girls like, well, I have a problem like. Going to the washroom is not a problem for me. I, I can't control when I have to go to the bathroom. So, like, it'll come out of nowhere and I'll have literally 30 seconds to find a bathroom. So, I have other issues. If you're staying at a hotel, first of all, the guy should get a... <laughs> well, the guy should get a room that has two bathrooms. Like, get a suite. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, no. Realistic, Alessia. Be realistic. So, my first trick is obviously everyone showers, right? So... If you're planning on to go to the bathroom, say you're taking a shower, turn on the water. The water's running, so he thinks you're in the shower, so you cut a little bit of the noise, and you go to the washroom. Okay, sometimes I like to play music so that, you know, you're disrupting the noise. Plus, he thinks you're in the shower, so already the, the smell that's been laying around has time to kind of, you know leave so it just looks like you're taking a steamy hot shower with some music on i recommend vip poop okay this is actually a funny story but my ex's mom gave me this randomly and <laughs> it's not because she caught me in a situation where i like it smelled or whatever i don't know why i got it but i just i liked actually she put it in the bathroom and i smelt it and i was like what's that beautiful smell it smelled like roses and she's like oh it's actually a, a vip poop smell and i'm like oh really it's small cute you can easily travel with it and guys i'm sorry but febreze doesn't cut the smell i find febreze or any of these scents that are supposed to cut the smell of you know you going to the washroom never cuts okay you actually walk in you smell the febreze and you smell the poop like it, it almost like it doesn't it doesn't cut it it just like makes it worse i feel but vip poop is perfect for that it doesn't smell artificial it doesn't smell like febreze you know like you know when you walk into a bathroom and it smells like febreze you're like okay he took a shit you know but i feel like with this it's less generic you don't smell this everywhere you go it smells fire and he's not really going to suspect anything, especially by the time you go in the shower, you're kind of cutting the smells. If not, if you can, another thing that I also do when I don't have time to shower is I'll just be like, oh, I'll be back. I'm just going to go get ice or like I'm just going to go get like a coffee. And then you go and you go to the washroom in the lobby as a guy. I think you should know that girls don't feel comfortable going to the bathroom if we're sharing a hotel room, especially if we're just getting to know each other. 
leave the hotel room. Be that guy who says, babe, I'm going to go get us coffees. Um, I'll be back in 30 minutes. Give us a time so that, you know, you give us time to like do our makeup and kind of be alone. Like girls like like our space to just be hot. These little things, you know, that you don't think of that women are just like secretly dying for that time. So don't be shy as a man to leave the hotel room and give us some goddamn time. Even if you're not going, you don't want a coffee, just go get a fucking coffee. Okay. Say, I'm going to be back. I'm just going to go get like, like, figure it out. Leave a girl in a hotel room and tell her approximately how much time she'll have so that she has the time to go to the washroom. Okay. Because we're not going to be like, uh, like, oh, we need to go. Like, no, we're not at the comfortable stage. We're just getting to know you. So like, make it easy for us. My next question still has to do with being on a trip with a guy you're first talking to, especially if he lives out of town and he's like flying you out, you know, like it could be super stressful as a girl because we think of everything, you know, we want to look hot at all times, especially let's say like a guy is flying you out and he's never seen you without makeup or like you're going from, you know, just chilling to now being in a confined space in a hotel room together as girls we overthink we're like oh we want to look good all the time I'm going on a trip with a guy who lives in London and we're going to be sharing a hotel room together I hate the whole situation of us you know kind of like not having our space and sharing a bathroom and I have really bad acne and I'm really insecure about it any tips or advice for me to look hot on the trip okay girl okay Firstly, rule number one, he invited you on the trip. You're in London with him sharing a hotel room. So just remember that, that he's into you. He finds you hot. So number one, you always want to be confident because you are that bitch. You know what I mean? Like confidence is the most attractive thing for a secure man. Let me say that again. Confidence as a woman is the most attractive thing for a secure man. The only person who will not find that attractive is an insecure guy. Okay, glad we mentioned that. So, he invited you on the trip, girl. He is so down for you. Don't worry too much about your acne. This is what you do. If you're if you're flying out to see a guy and you are sleeping in the same hotel room and you're insecure about acne, what I can suggest is first of all be confident, be hot, like just remember he invited you on the trip. He's into you. Your you being insecure about your acne, I promise, I promise you are your worst critic. He's gonna look at you, find you hot. Like guys don't focus so much on the things that we as women do. So just remember that. They're men at the end of the day. But something that I've done because I've dealt with eczema or like just like skin issues, I would rinse my face, put a nice face mask, summer Fridays, you know, just ke- keep my face dewy brush my teeth, do all of that fun stuff. I feel like if I have no makeup on, but my hair is kind of like either straight or done, I already look better. Like if my hair looks like a rat and it's like a nest, then it's like all of a sudden my face looks worse. That's, that makes any sense. But what you can always do is foundation is obviously, you know, too thick for when you go to bed and you're sleeping on a pillow, the pillow is going to be full of foundation. But what I could, what I would suggest, do something a bit lighter, like a CC cream, so it looks natural and it still looks like your skin is coming through, you know? You don't want to put something so thick that it's like, okay, she clearly has a full beat on her face, you know? What I suggest is after you put it on, take like a towel and kind of like dab it so that you kind of remove some of the CC cream, 
some of the foundation just so it looks even more natural. Another thing I like to do is I like to just, I feel like when I'm on a trip with a guy I don't know well, I never, and I'm sleeping in the same bed, I never sleep as well as like when I'm sleeping alone. I feel like it takes time to be comfortable with someone and actually have a good night rest. So I always tend to kind of wake up before them or not really sleep. So I'll kind of wake up before them, go to the washroom and just kind of like touch up, put a little Listerine in my mouth. You don't want to brush your teeth too much because then it's like what you wake up and you're kissing with morning breath and then it's like, hey, she clearly brushed her teeth and I'm here with my stinky breath. Like put a little Listerine so it's like, yeah, your breath smells good but it's not too, too much. If you're having sexual intercourse with this person, um, normally like when you're getting to know someone, you're normally going out, you're drinking the night before and then you wake up and you're like, it's morning and you're like, oh my God, like do I have to suck his dick now? Like I have no saliva. I have no saliva in my mouth. So one thing I suggest is always keep water or Gatorade beside you so that, you know, you could stay hydrated during the night so that you don't give a bad blowjob because we all know the key to a good blowjob is to have a lot of saliva. So you got to make sure you have water or Gatorade beside you. And another tip actually, which I learned from my gay best friend is he buys these little, um, pills not pills but these little mints that you put in your mouth so instead of listerine you put this little mint in your mouth and it creates saliva i know creates saliva so that you can give a better blowjob i'm sorry i need to find out what these mints are called because we need to start doing this just a little candy you pop in your mouth to get saliva so that you can give better blowjobs. As a woman with a lot of discharge, what do you recommend to keep the kitty clean and ready to go? Okay, so there's no doubt as a woman that we have discharge. Like, I mean, I will put on an underwear and like three hours later, it's Niagara Falls and I need to change it. And sometimes when you're, you know, hooking up with a guy, they're like, just play into it. Like, oh my God, I'm so wet. You know, like they don't know the difference between discharge and whether you're wet or not. Um, and as women, like, I'm sorry, it's a normal thing. But something I always do, because like you could shower and like be clean and then, you know, go for drinks, go for dinner. And then by the time you end up back at his place, it's like you have that anxiety of like, oh my God, do I smell down there? You know? So even though it's all in our head and we don't, um, one thing that I recommend is in your purse, put Vagisil wipes. Okay. They have different scents. I used to, I don't remember what the flavor I used to use was like a rose. It balances your pH. And at the same time, you don't need to be in his bathroom taking water and a Kleenex and trying to wipe your vagina before you have sex with him. No, just bring these cute little Vagisil wipes in your bag. They have ones with amazing scents. And then he eats out the vagine, the box, and it smells like roses. And he's like, can't get enough. He can't get enough. He's like, whoa, who is this girl? You know? So that is an amazing tip to keep the vagine smelling good, feeling good. And he's going to want to eat you out all day, every day. And it's a trick. And he's not going to know that you have these wipes and that you just wiped your vagine. It's just all the things we think of, you know, so get on it. They have different brands. I know they have like an orange and I used to use, I don't know if it was pomegranate or like a raspberry, but it smelled like roses and it was A1. I actually don't know if I ever spoke about, oh my God, I spoke about this so long ago. I'm going to speak about it again. So if you're an OG listener, you probably heard this story. So when I was dating my ex-boyfriend, my box down there was smelling really weird. And I was like, what is this smell? And... 
every day it was getting worse. And I'm like, guys, like I'm showering, I'm taking baths and I'm getting out. And I'm like, I literally physically cannot. I was going to work when I was, I was working a nine to five at that time. I'm like, okay, I can't call in sick every day. Like, I don't know what's going on down there. I would wear like three pairs, three layers of tights to cover the smell. And it was still going through. I'm like, what is this smell? What is this smell? I was freaking out. And uh, I went to a gynecologist and he takes a look and he's like, I don't know, maybe you have some kind of infection. He gives me like infection pills to like clear out my system. He's like, I don't know what it is. Hence, a guy looking fully in my vagina, okay? And he's like, I don't know what it is. It's probably just like an infection. Here are these pills, take them. So I go home and I'm like, oh my God, finally, like I could get rid of this smell. And I remember my, I'm like to my boyfriend, I'm like, do you smell this? Do you smell this? And he's like, yeah, it smells bad. Like it's not that bad. And I'm like, no, no, like it smells really bad. Like I'm with myself 24 seven and I'm at his place. I'm taking a bath. And I get out and he's like, Alessia, like, I, I, like, you're on the pills now? Like, I'm sure, like, it's fine. You're on the pills now? It's fine. Like, I want to fuck. And I'm like, I physically, like, I don't want to. Like, I feel like I smell. <laughs> and he's like, I don't give a fuck. Typical men, they're like, I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're, open your legs. And I'm having sex with him. And the whole time, I'm just like, I'm literally like this. I'm literally like this. It was like the worst sex ever. And I'm like, you don't smell that? He's like, after sex, he's like, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Like, I am smelling that. And this is straight out straight out of the shower. And I'm just like uncomfortable, like a veggie, just freaking out. And uh, so, yeah, so I take the pills for a week. Nothing happens. The smell is still there. I'm freaking out. I start crying to my mom. I'm like, I don't know what it is. She's like, okay, sweetie, we're going back to the gynecologist. We went to another gynecologist. I went to see a girl. And she's like looking in my vagina. All of a sudden she goes, sweetie, you have a tampon stuck in your vagina. I'm like, what? Come again? She pulls it out. I swear to God. <laughs> okay, trigger warning for anyone. <laughs> this is disgusting. It comes out like a dead rat. <laughs> like black. It was so bad. She like blocked her nose, put it in a put it in a garbage, closed it up. It was the worst smell ever, okay? I was so embarrassed, and I know it sounds stu so stupid. Like, how do, you leave a how do you leave a tampon in your vagina? And I'll tell you, funny story. I was drunk, and, you know, I was on my period, and I was already never a big tampon girl, okay? I don't know why I just, like, never liked them. I just preferred pads, whatever, that's another situation. But I had put a tampon on and I was drunk and I was at a pool party and I guess it went really up. And then I put another tampon on. So I didn't realize I put one over the one that was already inside. So it really went up my vagina. And when I took out the other one, I thought, well, yeah, I took out my tampon, so I'm good. But I had, a, I had a tampon stuck in me. And I think when I went to see the gynecologist, she was like, this happens more often than you think. I felt like a failure. Like, like you're an idiot. You don't know you have a tampon in you. But it's really crazy because when it's in you for so long, it kind of like melts. So you don't really fully feel it in you. And after that, I was so traumatized from tampons because I've heard so many stories of people who use tampons and lost their legs, lost their life. Like it's a very dangerous 
it's very dangerous to have tampons in you. And especially for like a young teenager, I was young. I was younger. It was like a couple of years ago. I was like, it was like four or five years ago. You know, you're young and like, whatever these things happen and so like it's really scary when I think of like having a, a girl a teenager like I want her to just wear pads I, I don't want her to oh these are all the little things that I worry about being a mom because I went through but yeah so anyway the gynecologist said this happens so often more than you think and it's very dangerous and thank god that I went to see the first gynecologist who gave me the pills to clear my system because if not god knows what would have happened because going and see a gynecologist a week and a half later when you, you have a tampon in you is so dangerous guys I actually heard this one story of this girl who lost her leg and like she was an athlete. It's really, really fucked up and it sounds really irresponsible. But now I just stick to tampons and like I'll only use a tampon. I'll stick to pads. And now I only stick to pads and I'll only use a tampon if I really, really, really need to. Yeah, that was a really crazy and wild story, but uh, disgusting. Yeah, sorry. Trigger warning. Too late. <laughs> I, I've seen on your page that you get a lot of hate how do you cope with this? I was thinking of starting a podcast and I remember defending you in one of the comments and seeing how people just came at me and started attacking me and I wasn't able to deal with it. So how do you deal with hate on social media? That is such a good question and I don't feel like I really ever speak about that. I have a few techniques I use, especially if you're someone who wants to put yourself out there and be on social media. I actually heard this quote that Amina Muadi posted. She's actually a shoe designer, which I love her shoes. She had posted once. I think she was talking about how her mom gave her advice. And I happened to stumble upon it. And it really stuck with me. And it was, use the app. Don't let the app use you. Mm, so powerful, guys. So freaking powerful use the app, don't let the app use you. So just remember when you are starting on social media, do it because you want to do it. Do it because you love it. But don't get so fixated on what people have to say. I know it's social media, we all want to be liked. But something I do is I'll get some comments that have like a 1000 people hating on me. Okay. I don't read them. I don't fucking read them. Okay, a few, sometimes I stumble upon it and I read it's like natural, like it happens, but I don't put my energy there. I know what my goal is. I know what I'm trying to do. I know where my path is. And I don't want to be steered by people who are insecure online, who are angry, jealous, who hate and just want to say mean things. For me, it's like already the type of people who are going to write these hate things, we wouldn't vibe. To go and put a hateful comment out there, you are struggling with insecurity. You probably want to be on social media, but don't have the guts. It's coming from a place of anger. And so you never want to take anything to heart when it's coming from a place of a broken person. So just remember that hurt people hurt people try and put your energy elsewhere use the app don't let the app use you so know where your triggers are and stop yourself and remember why you started and what your goal is and just remember one day they're gonna be working for you or they're gonna be kissing your ass so maybe you won't want them to work for you but you get what i'm saying it's always the people who 
you know, for example, like my coffee, I was like, I'm not going on a coffee date with a guy. Like, you're going to take me out for dinner. They're like, you're broke. Pay your own meal. I'm like, okay, but guys, you're not the type of guy I would go for anyways. So I don't know why you're getting mad. You're just getting mad because you know a girl like me would never go for you. So you're just insecure and you're writing in comments and you're being hateful when truthfully, I'm living my truth and I'm saying things that I feel. So I'm going to naturally only attract the type of guys who are okay with that and who are alpha male enough for that. So don't worry. Don't get butt fuck hurt. Don't get butt fuck hurt. It's, I'm, not, I'm not directing it to you. So just keep it moving. So I think that's when you, I think that's really when you realize, you know, just remember why you're doing it and do it because you love it and try and ignore the noise and try and, you know, just work on yourself and focus on yourself. And every time it, it should get easier. Another question I got asked is how much do social creators make? So I'm Canadian. And as much as like, you know, I've gotten so many views on TikTok. I don't make money off TikTok. I'm Canadian. The rules are just not fair. So my main source of income comes from Snapchat. So the way it works is Throughout an episode of eight minutes, I'll put the best, best, best eight minutes with the first best 30 second clip to keep you hanging. And throughout that eight minute clip, Snapchat will put their own ads. So whether it be um, Apple or whatever the ads they have agreed on, they will be put they will be processed on my video in between the ads. So if you're interested in my video, for example, I made a I made a clip with Tanya about Chris Brown and throughout that throughout that 8 minutes, that best 8 minutes talking about Chris Brown, there was eight ads. So you can't skip the ad so you watch. So every time somebody watches, you make money off the ad. And Snapchat has really been really good for revenue. Um, I remember just before Veronica left, we made our biggest month which was 16,000 for one month. Um, I don't really like sharing anything financial. At first I was like, why would I put myself on Snapchat? And that's the thing when you start, you don't know where your money's gonna come. That's the thing, you gotta start. What, what's that author who was like, put a dot and sign it. Like you're one step closer. That's kind of the thing, you know, we started this podcast, we had no idea how we'd start making money. And like, as you meet people, connections, they tell you what works, what doesn't. And like, I know Facebook ads works too. And there's a million ways to make money through sponsorships. But my biggest revenue right now would be definitely Snapchat. It's been great. And I'm super grateful. You know, after three and a half years, almost four years, it's so amazing to be able to like fully work for myself. And obviously content creation is not for everyone because there's going to be highs, there's going to be lows. Every month is completely different. So you definitely have to have a really good work ethic. You got to be consistent. Consistency is key. So um, I hope that answered, you know, a little bit of what kind of more or less people make on social media. But the thing is, Another thing to keep into account is just because somebody has a million followers on Instagram doesn't mean they're making a million dollars a year. They, they could be not like you can have you can be a micro influencer and be 
capitalizing more on that than somebody who has a million followers but you know doesn't have sponsorships doesn't engage with their audience um is not consistent it's really a, a game of consistency and you would think me i have twenty thousand followers how the hell am i making a month of sixteen thousand? like how does that make sense but it's not about how many followers you have it's how you capitalize on your videos it's how you market yourself so um i hope that answers that what do you think about plastic surgery? I mean, this is something people attack me all the time for, like my lips or just anything really. But I think that if there's something that bothers you and you want to get it fixed, there's nothing wrong with that. We live one life. If we're insecure about it and we want to be happy about it, just do it. Okay. Do I think some surgeries are excessive? Yes. Do I care? No. Like it's your body. Do what you want. If it makes you feel good, do it. Someone asked about a BBL. I personally... I think there's certain surgeries for me that I, I feel like I'm I'm not a very scared person, but I feel like there's certain surgeries that I just would never do because I just think down the line, you know, like a BBL surgery, for example, they're technically taking their your fat from your stomach and putting it into your bum. So let's say I go through a month where I'm eating a lot more and I gain weight. It's like the fat you know, that's from the stomach will now go to the ass. So maybe your doctor gave you a beautiful butt, but then you start gaining a little bit of weight. Then all of a sudden your butt gets bigger and your stomach stays flat, but now it's not proportionate to your body. So I think there's certain things that are scary to do because it might look nice now, but throughout the years it might change. You know, like how many times has Kim K redone her... How many times has Kim K redone her butt? So I think it's a really tricky thing, but I think if you are insecure about it and you want to do it, just look into it, choose your doctor properly, and and yeah. But I think the bottom goal is to be happy. So if it's going to make you happy, do it. Um, yeah, I hope that helps. Have you ever had a slave before? No, but that sounds so fun. That sounds so easy. That sounds so in my character to do something like that. Honestly, if anyone wants to be my slave, holla at your girl. I have some work for you, content-wise. I have some work for I make you run my errands. No, truthfully, I've never had a slave. That kind of scares me. You know, like, is this person going to be a creep? But I do have a friend who had a slave once who would go run and do all her errands. Like, she would tell him, I need this at Sephora, I need that. And he would go and like, he was like a CEO of a big company. But when they step out of the CEO, you know, chair, they want to be bossed around because they boss people all, all the time. So my friend had this one guy who was a slave, would go to Sephora, run all her errands, pick up, buy everything for her and like leave it in her lobby. And she'd be like, get out of here. And she would never even see his face. So when you hear of stories like that, you're like, hey, creepy, but also sounds so fun. Like, no problem. I'll boss somebody around to go do my errands for me. No stress. Um, but yeah, no, I've never had a slave. A pay pig is a different story. What was your first teenage job? So I don't feel like I ever really spoke about this. Um, so before I started making, you know, being a podcaster, I had a couple of jobs. Like I've said in an episode before, working a nine to five job wasn't for me. Kayla, like you sound like everyone, like nobody really wants to work a nine to five. I get it. But like, I just felt like the jobs out there never were jobs that I was like, wow, I'm going to wake up every day and be happy. Um, but I was always strategic with my jobs. And I think this is a good lesson for anyone who's listening. Okay. Choose 
you're hard. For example, you're 16, you want to start working. Just remember that you don't always have to start from the bottom to get to where you want. Yes, obviously, you're not going to get your ideal job right away. Or sometimes it happens for you. But what I will say is, for example, okay, you can work at McDonald's or you can work at Starbucks. Or... Yeah, you can work at McDonald's or you can work at Starbucks. First of all, I'm sure minimum wage is the same. Did you know that at Starbucks they tip? So like just keeping that in mind when you're thinking of a job, always think, okay, what's going to make me the most money? So if I go work at Starbucks, yes, I get minimum wage like McDonald's. But I don't know if you know, but now Starbucks, they literally hold a gun to your head and they're like, tip me on my $35 coffee. And you're like, yeah, no problem. Here's $5. So as somebody who's looking for a job, try and think, okay, where can I make the most money and work the least? Or at least that's how I would think. I feel like McDonald's, you'd be slaving away and you don't get tip. Where Starbucks, for example, you'd be working, making coffees, being a little barista and making tips. So it's all about what you choose and what you allow. Remember that, okay? I, for my first job, worked at a watch store, Swatch, in Carrefour Laval. I used to be so embarrassed when I was younger. I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to be seen here because I always felt like I was better than this. Like, I didn't need, I, like, why am I here? And maybe that's a narcissist, a narcissist trait, but I just always felt like I wanted more for myself and I never wanted to work in like retail. And for me, the way I saw it was like, okay, I'm going to work at a watch store because there is commission there. I am sales driven. I am a people person. No problem. I will make like my friends, minimum wage, but I'll also make commission where a lot of my friends were going to work normal jobs, working at Zara, folding clothes. Like I also thought about all this. I'm like, if I work at the watch store, it's not much maintenance. You're not folding clothes all day. No, you're working with a watch. You're placing, putting back. It's less work. Plus, every time I sell a watch, I'll make money. So that was my first job. Swatch watch. Woo! I actually loved it. And so many times, like, my bosses would have attitude. And I just, like, never allowed anyone to step on me. Or I just always created, like, a friendly vibe with my bosses. So they would just always love me and always keep me around. <laughs> Toxic. Also, just be good at sales and sell and put yourself out there. And then when you when you're selling, when you can sell, I think one thing that they never teach in school, which should absolutely be a class is sales. I feel like they don't teach that enough in life. We're learning all of these history and all these things that no offense. Like, do we really apply after we leave high school? Do we really apply after college? You know what we apply? Being able to communicate with people. And at the end of the day, we're always selling something. It's always a product. If it's ourselves, if it's a product, if it's a website, you need to know how to talk to people. You need to be able to have a conversation. You need to have those skills. And I feel like that's never really something that's been taught in school. And it's something that you really learn out in the real world. But it's definitely a class they could, they should implement. <laughs> Alessia for president. Woo! Um, but yeah, I think sales is definitely a good job if you want to make a lot more money because you're not capped off. Me, the thought of like having to work at a job and like you're capped off and like that's your annual salary is never going to fly with me. So I guess you can call me an entrepreneur from young, always thinking ahead. Swatch, watch, bonjour. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm having PTSD. <laughs> okay, must you marry with your culture race? 
absolutely not. No, I think it's definitely easier and I'd be lying and everyone would be lying if they said that, you know, it wouldn't be easier to date someone of your religion. But that being said, I'm I'm Italian and I feel like I for a long time was going for Jewish guys. Um I think it was just a preference. I just think sometimes you just hit it off more with a certain a certain religion. And yeah, it's that was just something that, you know, for me, I just loved, you know, how they treated women. Um, they're super respectful. Um, their mannerisms. I feel like they are family oriented, family oriented too. a lot of people would always ask me, but like, why a Jewish guy? Like, these are kind of the reasons I feel like they're well spoken. Um, they're I feel like a little bit more in touch with their emotional side. And look, obviously, any other culture can be as well. I'm just saying from my experience, this is why I've navigated a little bit more towards Jewish guys is just feel like they have such good etiquette mannerisms um the way they speak to women they have a lot of class obviously you know they run the world when it comes to money <laughs> um so they have money also um but yeah no it's just um but no I'm definitely open to other cultures I'm uh, I'm Italian myself and Obviously, to be with an Italian would be ideal, but I'm not closed off to, to anything, really. I think it's really more about the soul and, and the connection than it is about the culture. But that being said, the older I get and the more I get in tune with God, the more it would be nice to be with, you know, someone, someone who's Catholic. But look, hey, I don't choose who finds me. They find me. Have you ever had a threesome? So I've never had a threesome, nor do I plan on, honestly, the, I think the idea of it sounds really fun and sexual and like, you know, you're, you could be with your partner and watching porn and you're like, wow, it, like the idea of it sounds really nice and fun. But I think when like feelings get involved and like actually going through with it, I don't think that I would be able to do it. I think also as I'm getting a little bit more religious, not religious, but into God, like I want to find someone who's content and happy with one person. And I get it. It's like fun to spice it up with your partner. And like, I'll have that conversation with my partner. But like, if I'm getting together with, a, if I'm going to be with a guy who like absolutely needs that, then that, that's not my partner. I want to live in a world where I meet a guy and he's content and happy with one. Like I see all these guys who like have these mistresses and have a girlfriend and like cheat. And I'm like, how do you have the energy and time? I feel like insecure men cheat. And that's just what it is. I feel like a guy who's actually hustling, creating his business. Like how does he have time like on Valentine's Day to start sending flowers to his mistress and putting all this energy? Like I want a man who's so like stuck in his values and like he he doesn't have the energy to entertain all these things like I think about men who are able to like do that and I'm like truthfully you're just an insecure guy because being loyal is where the real like a guy who's loyal is not insecure and that's the truth insecure guys cheat and loyal guys are not insecure. So guys, we need to find men that are not insecure because somebody who's working on their passion, who's devoted, who has values and respects you is not going to go ahead and do that. It's the insecure guys who need validation from other women because it's within themselves. Okay. And truthfully, when you're working and you're grinding 
Why would you want to lose that? Why would you want to put that energy and vibe towards other women and like be entertaining all these things? I want a guy who's like focused on his craft and focused on me. Um, so yeah, that's what it really comes down to, honestly. Um, but yeah, no, um, having a threesome is not something like I get it. I get the idea of it. I get the porn of it. Like when you watch porn, it's like it's hot to think of. But I think when feelings are involved, it's really just a whole other ballgame. Why? Does every person on the internet body count? I want to know her body count. What's her body count? First of all, okay, let's just do the calculations. I'm 28 years old. I've been in two relationships, um, one for almost four years. I'm 28 years old. What would be what would be the number that made sense for men? Like, I'm just curious. Like, I'm just trying to think. Okay, obviously for a guy, because we say guys, their body count could be a lot higher. Um, but what would be the average amount? of what 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 would what should be the average body count for a woman who's let's say 28 years old and has been in two relationships because if I do the math because I'm, I'm a math girl here okay and let's say I lost my virginity at 18 and I'm 28 and let's just say I slept with one person okay I slept with one person every year which is obviously not a lot but I've been in a relationship so it hasn't been every year but that's 10 people. But I feel like a guy hears 10 people and they're freaking out. They're like, oh my God, it's so high. Oh my God, she should have slept with one person. Meanwhile, every guy is sleeping with every girl they can. So it's like, you're contradicting yourself. You can't be the guy saying, I want a girl who has a body count of three, but then you're also sleeping with everyone. Like, you have to understand that it takes two to tango. And the whole reason why this whole body count situation is happening, because it takes a woman and a man. So, yes, women should hold off absolutely and not give their vagine to everyone. But also a man should respect women and also not try and sleep with every woman that they meet. So, I think it goes together. And so, yeah, you guys tell me what you think the normal body count should be. I'm thirsty and I'm tired and I have a plane to catch. So let me just see if there's any other questions I can answer that came in. Which is most important to you out of the 666 rule? Is that like height six, dick six, and wait, what's the rule? Six, six, six. Okay, men love saying the woman date by the six, six, six rule. They want six feet, six inches, and six figures. Okay, so what is most important to you out of the six, six, six rule? So I believe the six, six, six rule would be six. Oh, okay, six height, six dick size, and then six figures. What would be the most important to you? Um, okay, well, definitely not the dick. And it would be between... Honestly, I'm going six figures. Because truthfully, like, I'm someone, I know what I want, and it would be nice to have a, a tall guy. But if I find everything I want in someone, and they're not six foot, and they're like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, listen, like, guys, you don't get everything in life, pick and choose. So I'm going six figures. <laughs> also because, like... I don't know, like, I'm so driven, so I want someone who's also driven, and I feel like if I were to be, if I were to be with somebody who's not driven, that would just create such a bad dynamic, because it'd be like, babe, you're always working, and it's like, I want someone who's kind of on my vibe. What good pointers can you give for a person that's thinking about starting a podcast? Okay, that's a great question. Um, okay, so first of all, if you want to start a podcast, I feel like 
you tell someone you want to start a podcast, they're going to be like, oh my God, starting a podcast. Like everyone has a podcast these days. Yes. Everyone starts a podcast. Okay, fair. How many people start and give up? A lot. If you want something and you're consistent at it, it doesn't matter how many people you're sharing the network with there's a space for you. And that goes with anything in life. You want to start a bikini line. There's a million girls who have bikini lines. What makes you different? What makes you special? You, you are the superpower. So just remember that when starting that you are your own uniqueness and people are going to like you and other people aren't going to like you, but just remember that be authentic. Okay. So number one, you got to be authentic, be yourself. Nobody likes to listen to anything that's phony, that, that, is just not authentic. So I feel like a lot of the times, you know, a way to be authentic is to kind of share things about your life so people feel like they, they're with you, they, they get to know you a lot. At the beginning, don't be so hard on yourself. You don't have to start and get the best equipment. You'll get there. I feel like a lot of people start podcasts and they want to have like the best setup. They want to have the best mics. And it's like, truthfully, it's all about starting. When I started with Veronica four years ago, we were starting on a plastic table, the worst cameras, the worst lighting, and that was just it. And then over time, we got better and people love to see the progress. People like to see the growth okay they like to see you start from the table that's broken to the better set people like to grow with you so I think one thing is don't be so hard on yourself you'll learn um, if you don't have the time I think a great thing to do is get you know an AI software to make all your cuts and your trailers for your podcast I personally don't like to do it because I like to be hands-on and I'm really anal when it comes to editing when it comes to analing um but create a business plan. What do I want this podcast to consist of? What is not in the market that you feel could be really good? But where can you stand out in a market that's very diluted? No, keep going. Don't listen to the hate. Stay consistent. Post a reel a day. When you post, 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 at some point, something's going to hit. Don't give up. Nothing you do is for nothing. Everything pays off. So, yeah. Guys, I have a flight to catch. I actually am so stressed. I've been filming this whole episode and I'm going to France now. I'm going to Couchevel, which I'm so excited about. I'll do an episode about that when I get back. But I love you guys. Thank you so much for this episode. This was so fun. Please feel free to send me questions and I'll answer and I'll do another questions of the week. I'll do another questions of the months because this has been months in the making. I've taken I've taken these questions from everywhere. But um, keep sending them to me and I'll make a little vote for the next time I do an episode like this. But this was so fun. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. I appreciate you, my exes. Subscribe and I'll see you next time. Love you.